I did it, Brian. I survived 40 years. Oh, yes. Well, you know, funny enough, our birthdays are close enough and we're now recording far enough apart that in the time that you turned 40, I also turned 30. Ooh. Look at us, little decade boys. Can you believe <laughs> that? We're a decade apart, Marshall. Strange. I don't know if I'm immature or you're mature or something in the middle. I don't know. I think it averages out. I think we have, <laughs> yeah. you know how like law firms are like, we have 500 years of combined legal experience. Uh-huh. I think we can say we have the combined average maturity of like a 35 year old. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. Welcome to episode 447 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian, and I'm stranded on Dynamic Island. Uh, And I'm Marshall Bach, and I'm marooned with Brian on Dynamic Island. There you go. I caught you a little off guard, but you played both. Improv, sir. Yeah. All right. Well, gang, we got a whole episode where we're going to talk about a rounded rectangle. So Mm -hmm. uh, let's just dive in. We have some new very important pixels who joined the fam this week. Always lovely to see new names. Shout outs to our new VIPs, Brian Hendricks. Ezio DeMonte, Caitlin Ho, Remy Chu, Talal Kasim, Sam Shi, Jesse Hendrickson, Harrison Craig, Jimmy Goddard, Andy Bauer, and Sean Alderdice. Hey, welcome to the fam. Slip on into this warm hot tub with hundreds of other designers who have joined us. Be sure to catch your first sidebar over on the Patreon. Soon enough, we're going to be recapping the rest of the Apple September 7th, 2022 event. Was there a name for this one this year, Marshall? Uh, the the invite said Far Out. So yeah, I think it's the Far right. Out event, maybe. The Apple Far Out event. All right, cool. And if you didn't know, we're a listener-supported podcast, which means that every week, designers, listeners, engineers, PMs, smart people, like the people that we just listed off, head over to patreon.com slash design details, where for just a buck a month, just a buck a month, you can get access to bonus content. We call that bonus content the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. The sidebar is an extra design details episode. Just fill in those gaps. You know, you go a couple of days without hearing our sweet, sultry voices in your ears. And you go, mm, wish I could just have a little more design details. Well, that's it. Design details at patreon.com slash design details. Thanks, everyone, for supporting the show. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to the fam. Hope you enjoy that hot tub and that extra content. Ryan, we got some more content to talk about right now. Some good, juicy stuff. And it's all just a rounded rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> the sickest, roundest rectangle you've ever seen. Uh-huh. So I lost my mind. Okay, obviously we're talking about Dynamic <laughs> Island. Uh, I lost yeah. my mind a little bit. I was like, uh-huh. yeah. watching this, I'm, I was alone in, in the room, but I'm like slack-jawed watching. Like, fuck, I'm such a terrible designer, Brian. <laughs> Okay, tell me more. I was just trying to make you laugh, mostly. You did. But tell me more. What did you actually think? So this is one of the first years I didn't watch the event live. So I missed kind of the the Twitter banter, the reactions in real time. And I kind of caught up with things literally on the marketing site. So when I saw it at first, I was really surprised by what it was, the name, Dynamic Island. But I didn't get to see the big reveal. So yeah, I'm curious... How did it unfurl for you? And like, what do you think about it overall? First impressions without having held it in hand. Uh Well, um, I think what's interesting, one of the first things the presenter said when they showed the face of the new iPhone 14 Pro, they're like, 
this is sure to become iconic or something like that. And do you remember all the conversations we've had about the branding of the actual physical design of products like the iMac? Yeah, yeah. How they're including the silhouette of the iPhone with the notch on physical printed things for you know, uh, right. tapping your phone or whatever. So, well, I think we even went as far as to predict that they wouldn't even drop the notch because it had become so iconic as a silhouette exactly. in comparison to every other phone, which is kind of a crazy reason to not drop the notch, but it was a fun hypothesis either way. Well, they kept it around in the, the regular old 14s, but yeah, it's gone in the pros and they've replaced it with something that at first glance feels like a slight improvement, but it's still a large chunk of the screen that's being taken up by a black pill, basically. It's pretty big, Mm -hmm. yeah. So my first impression was like, oh, that's kind of bigger than the rumor, like CAD drawings and and preview renders that I'd seen uh, leading up to the event because technology is the one thing I'll allow myself to be spoiled on. But when I first saw it, I was like, ah, it's kind of kind of bigger. I thought it'd be a little bit sleeker, you know, Cyclops from X-Men kind of a thing. (laughs) Like I thought it'd be a little bit narrower and wider. However, once they started showing off this dynamic island stuff, I was like, wait a minute, nobody was talking about this. Like, this is all new. Where did this come from? And then they started showing it. And I was like, holy fuck, they've been working really hard on this for a long time. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is really impressive stuff. And then uh, it kept going and uh, all the animations and the just genius different ways to use it. And really here, the the big thing that blew my mind was like, they took something that initially to me looked like a hindrance. I was like, uh, okay. And then immediately turned it into something where I was like, holy shit, I can't wait to have that on my phone, which is something that m- most phone manufacturers kind of lean away from any of those cutouts or whatever. They try to put stuff under the screen, like show as many pixels as possible. This is a way of using your disadvantage as an advantage, especially because they control the OS and the hardware and everything. They can actually do this hand-in-hand beautiful choreography of of the hardware and the software. So, yeah, I don't know. Does that track? Yeah, I wonder, would you rather have this or would you rather have like the Samsung Galaxy-esque, I think they have it top right or top left corner, hole punch, where it's small. It's just a circle and everything else is under display. Like, would it have been better? I guess here's an interesting angle and I can't take, full credit for this. I actually had a little design critique on Dynamic Island with our friend of the pod, Gabe Voldivia, before this call. So hi, Gabe. I'm not stealing your ideas. But I think Gabe had an interesting point, which is like, they found a creative solution around the hardware constraint. But all the other leading smartphone makers don't have this hardware constraint. It's like, what's, what's going on here? Like Samsung has figured out how to do a hole punch. They don't have to have this gigantic ass, super wide pill. They fit everything under display, including Touch ID. What about, do they have Face ID under the screen? Yeah, yeah, they have Face ID. I think, well, I mean, they have the camera, right? I guess, uh, yeah, they have Face ID, I'm pretty sure. I think also sometimes when you use the camera on those ones where it's behind the screen, they turn off the pixels while you're using the camera and then you still end up with kind of a shitty taken through a pixel screen image. It's not as good. But question stands, like, would you, it, I can see a world where it's like they put all this effort designing around a hardware constraint that presumably maybe we won't have that constraint in a little while, right? Like, why wouldn't Apple just keep making this smaller and smaller and smaller until you only have the thing? And then, like, imagine we live in a world where it's all the way boiled down to just a camera. Every other sensor fits under the pixels, right? So it's just a camera. Does Dynamic Island still make sense in that world? Yeah, and... I think so. 
right? That that's kind of where I was gonna go with the answer to this. Is like if you think about the notch, they've slowly whittled down the notch. Well, I guess just one step, but they're they're trying to make it smaller while still retaining the notch. Now they're putting stuff under the screen, like the proximity sensor. This thing will continue to get smaller, but my guess is it will be necessarily large, even at its smallest size, until we get really good at putting cameras behind screens. But that may be a while until Apple's happy w- enough with it that they'll invest in it. So my guess is, yeah, this the dynamic island, I keep wanting to call it a pill. Oh, that's something we should talk <laughs> about too is the name. But yeah, uh, yeah, as this pill shrinks, because of the way that it's constructed from a IA standpoint, it doesn't matter how big the pill on the inside of the dynamic island is. It can adapt accordingly and take up less space the smaller that pill gets. So you'll have to hide less of the things to the left and right. You know what I mean? So my guess is this has legs, especially because not only are they making a pro out of a con, but they're also solving kind of another problem. We're, I had some notes written down here, Brian. We're just like going way off the rails. Um, I had a whole order and everything, but that's this is cool. Uh, one of the things I wrote down was like, there's all these platters and bottom sheets and modals that show up in, in different ways. And they've reduced these. Remember the volume platter that would cover the entire screen every time you change the volume? That became uh-huh. a little contextual thing on the uh-huh. side right next to the yeah. volume buttons. Really smart, right? But there's still plenty of those things like Face ID, when you connect to your AirPods, Mm -hmm. when you open up your AirPods and it does that bottom sheet. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it'll maintain that or if that will become part of this. Uh, There's all these little things that cover the screen that now can be tucked up into an area that one is kind of hard to reach, but two is a lot easier to see. So like it seems like a combination of, okay, we have this problem. Not only can we lessen its effect, but we can leverage it to solve some of these other problems that we didn't really have a place to shove these things or not a better solution. This gives us a better place to do stuff. And if Apple has shown anything, it's that they stick with whatever they're doing until they're sure that they have something better and then they change. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree. Like one of the big problems and frustrating parts of using iOS and I guess maybe any smartphone today is this idea of multitasking, right? Like you might be having a timer going and reading a recipe on a website. And it's really frustrating to have those things live in two different apps or live in such a way that you kind of have to like be swiping down control center or like just bouncing around between contexts to try and keep up with this kind of stuff. Or even two different devices, right? Like I set timers on my watch just because it can be a standalone timer when I need it. And I don't have to like fish around on my phone for that. Yeah, exactly. So from just a, a usability point of view, I'm a big fan of having this dedicated space where it's like, hey, I can sort of fling long lived background tasks to it. It will surface a tiny bit of context, which is usually all that I need. I can tap to get to it quickly. But it doesn't require me to app switch to just get that glanceable, you know, how much time is left on my timer? What's the next turn on my maps? Like those things seem genuinely useful, uh, incrementally useful, but genuinely useful all the same. It's going to be one of those things like, I don't know, we've talked about this in the past as well, like grace to wake on iPhone, right? Like if you've ever go back to a phone that doesn't have that and you sort of tilt it up off your desk, mm-hmm. if the screen doesn't turn on, it feels broken. You're like, yeah, it must be dead. Yep. <laughs> right. I feel like Dynamic Island could become something similar to that. Like we won't appreciate it until we get so used to it that then to go back to the old way will feel really slow and cumbersome. Like, oh, I used to have to like do all these taps and app switch and be swiping menus in and out just to know how much time was left on my timer. Come on. And like 
having this dedicated space in the interface, and yes, of course, cleverly integrated with the hardware constraint, it does feel like a win that we're all going to get really, really used to. Mm -hmm. I totally agree, and I I can't wait to get used to it, Brian. So uh, maybe let's backtrack a little bit here, and we'll go through the notes a little bit chronologically. So, okay, I said, sure, to become iconic. I think that's an important phrase that was spoken there. They're going to leverage the hell out of the silhouette, I guarantee it. But boy, Brian, Dynamic Island is not a good name. It's not a good name. But here's why. <laughs> okay, tell me why is it not a good name? Well, I mean, I think it's obvious why it's not a good name. It's just a weird, it's a weird name. Like Island is not the first noun I would come up with. But th- this feels like like a name storming session, and marketing came up with this. But I, I think the reason they came <laughs> up with a name Island. for this shit at all is oh, one, it's kind of like a little feature set unto its own. But also, they didn't own the name of the notch and we all just started calling it the notch there was no official term for it <laughs> yeah and i bet that bothers well, they should them. have called that the the ios peninsula uh-huh. yeah the iphone peninsula housing all of the latest and greatest sensors <laughs> yeah so my guess is that bothered the hell out of them that they couldn't control that narrative and so they're like okay we're going to name this proactively before anybody else can give it a name especially because it looks like a pill and my guess is they probably don't want, I don't know, potentially drugs associated with something you know, <laughs> part of their hardware. Yeah, yeah. So the, yeah, they're, they're heading off the vernacular at the pass and saying, this is what it's called. It's called the Dynamic Island. Here's the name. Here's what you can call it from now on. <laughs> I think it's dumb, but at least it has a name. It's so dumb that it's iconic though, right? Like, Yeah, I mean, the clear everyone will. nobody else is calling anything that. Technology will know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does get you away from, you know, like in, when I talk about any other phones, like the hole punch, the pill, the cutout, like these are things that describe the absence of pixels. And this is saying, nah, fuck that. This is like a thing that is actually going to make your experience better. Don't think about the drawback. Like we're not talking about the lack of a thing. We're talking about the addition of a thing. Yeah, this is additive, not subtractive. And and the only reason they can do this is because the screens are so goddamn good with the OLED that the the black is truly black and you can't really tell where the cutout ends and the dynamic island begins. And this leads into the next thing of like the layout of this, which is they extend horizontally, sometimes just a little bit, sometimes the entire width of the screen up to like the margins and Boy, oh boy, are those rounded corners concentric, Brian. I bet they're super ellipses. Uh, <laughs> so round. So round. Yeah, but so concentric. It's very pleasing. But it's balanced. As with all things, Apple, <laughs> it's centered and balanced. So when something pops out on the left, there's a paired item on the right. But this gets into an interesting problem, potentially, of having multiple apps in the dynamic island at a time. It looks like it only supports up to two. Maybe it does three. So if you're on the third app, have it full screen and then two others and swaps between. I don't, I'm not sure. How, we'll, we'll see how it works as we use it. But the way they laid that stuff out, for example, the Lift Island permutation has the logo on the left and typically the signifier of whatever app it is is on the left side. And on the right side is the detail. In music, it's just like a dancing waveform. But in the Lift, it's the time remaining until your car gets there, which arguably is far more important than the logo. So when you have a second app up there and it shrinks the, (laughs) I almost said pill, shrinks (laughs) the dynamic island to the cutout and adds a second blob off to the right, the detail is gone. That blob, the the second app replaces the detail. So like 
when your flight is going to land or when your car is going to arrive or how long you've been on the phone call. Like, all these things mm. are hidden. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It seems like it immediately becomes less useful the more you use it or the more things you use it with. I feel like this is an oversight on whatever Lyft has done from an implementation perspective, right? The fact that you could end up in a state where you have Lyft in your dynamic island that is not conveying any context besides their logo, uh-huh. that's just a bug, right? Well, I don't know. That's where I'm like, what's the HIG going to be here, right? Like, yeah. there's got to be some rules of the road of like, look, expect your dynamic island to be taken over, to be split apart. This is where the most important information should go. Should you ever include your logo here? Maybe, maybe not. I would argue not. Like, you should probably find a combination of, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. And like, how dynamic is that left side? Maybe it's a thing you just serve it once or every once in a while but the thing on the right is far more dynamic and you can make calls to it more often as far as like updating it i don't know we'll we'll see but it certainly seems like just from observing it and inferring from what it looks like that that does seem like the pattern and it makes sense of like signifier on the left detail on the right but that's only in the compact mode brian because there's some gestures associated with this thing i'm curious to see how those suss out due to the fact that I don't believe the cutout part is capacitive. Like you can't tap on the camera. And if you tap on the camera, it won't necessarily register your tap. Well, they put the proximity sensor under the screen and there's two proximity sensing zones to account for two islands, right? Oh, the the island is connected. It's a single horizontal pill, but... Hardware-wise, it's actually kind of like a lowercase i or exclamation point turned on its side. So the camera is a circle separated, and there's actually a screen between the camera and the sensors on the left. And I think if you tap on that, the taint between those two things, you can, it actually will take your tap. <laughs> I cannot believe you just did that. <laughs> you knew what I meant, though. Yeah, it can get split in a couple interesting ways. But that's what I'm wondering is like, obviously, part of it's capacitive because you're touching screen and UI. But then... I think the proximity sensor is under it so that if you tap on the camera, it knows that you were intending a tap on the camera, right? Well, maybe it's just a fat finger thing where like it, it, if your it, touch yeah, maybe print it just is guesses, wide enough. guess is the closest thing. Exactly, yeah. 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 And, my, and my guess is it's pretty lenient up there. I know that the top right is very generous with the target for swiping down the control center. So my guess is there's, there's a pretty large tap target around it as well. Uh, and speaking of gestures, so it's got some gestures associated with it. It isn't just a display thing. So if you tap, you'll jump to that app. But if you tap and hold, it pops open a platter slash widget card type thing. And that's going to be different for each app. But what blew me away, Brian, is how hidden the cutout is within that card. It doesn't look like they're shifting things around to make room for it. You know, like the layout still feels correct. You know, it still feels balanced and everything. But there's a big fucking hole at the top of every single one of those cards. But because it's all black, you can't really tell. Did you notice this or did it stand out to you as like oddly laid out? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is like, what's going to be, I don't know, the HIG here, right? Because there is a dead zone. And so you're going to need to put like they, they make it so text is always below. Or, yeah, it's always bottom aligned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always like, goes But below. presumably a long string could encounter that dead zone and would truncate, which would be weird. Like, for example, I'm just kind of replaying the the looping video on their marketing page. There's a moment where, uh, you know, to the right of the camera, it has the word ring as it's interacting with your phone. And then there's one where it says charging to the left when it's showing you your battery indicator. 
presumably in different languages, those strings could get really long and bump up again. So will it truncate? Will it resize down? Will it just flow under? I don't know. Man. No, it wouldn't flow under. My guess is it truncates or they probably do dynamic text resizing to make it fit. I guess, yeah. They, I'm sure they've thought through all that localization stuff. Nah, dude. I bet they're here. I bet they're listening to us for advice on how to solve that problem. <laughs> they're like, all right, we're going to ship this thing, check in on the Design Details podcast. They'll help us get the dy- dynamic island really dialed in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's cool. There's lo- so many like micro interactions, right? Like it can expand slightly and it kind of nudges the status bar and time out of the uh-huh. way. Yeah, it hides but then Wi-Fi. if you expand it fully, it'll go full width and it'll like blur out and scale back the status bar. And then if you open the full widget, it will overtake it and then apply both a shadow and sort of like an exterior blur on the contents uh-huh. underneath. Yeah, it's like a drop blur. It's like it's like a million subtle things here, which is almost overwhelming. <laughs> you glazed right over. I coined a term there, Brian. What was drop blur? Drop blur? Yeah. That's basically what it is, yeah, right? It's I don't like know what blur. else I'd call it. Yeah, drop blur. Anyways, yeah, but yes, it's there's a lot going on. Do you think it's too bouncy? I don't, but I am a big fan of overshoot and settle, which is what they're leveraging a lot here. And actually, I, I after the live stream was over, the video was available right away, and I immediately jumped straight to this point and started using the period and comma keys to frame by frame step through these animations. And I learned a lot. There's some really interesting things going on here. So one, they're using the edge of the cutout as... An anchor. So when something expands down, the top edge stays fixed to the top of that cutout, Mm -hmm. right? So it never, Mm -hmm. there's never something poking out there. When a larger card collapses down into the small version, the the top edge stays fixed until the bottom edge comes up and hits the bottom of the cutout, which transfers that energy to the top edge, which then overshoots a little bit above the cutout and then it settles. But like it never overlaps with that cutout. It's always like a fixed edge. It's really smart how they did, but it doesn't, it never feels blocky where it's like, oh, it's hitting a brick wall. It's, you know, this doesn't feel smooth. It's incredibly smooth and a masterclass in transitional animations. Yeah. Another thing I noticed as far as animation goes is the way they are transitioning internal elements inside of the dynamic island. So when it goes large, for example, for the call one, when you're in a phone call, you have an avatar on the left, uh, name and text below the cutout in the middle. There's, I think there's something on the right. I'm just going from memory, but then there's a series of actions below a horizontal row of, of circle actions. And as it collapses down into the small version of the dynamic island, Instead of like shrinking out or fading out or however you kind of expect those things to transition, they kind of tilt away on, yes, on the edge. I can that, see that with like, they do that for like album artwork. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically the edge that the object is closest to. It's, it's like hinged on that edge. So as the container shrinks, those things fold away on that hinge as the thing goes and they fade out and blur too as it's resizing. So it's this really smooth transition. You don't end up with weird frames during that transition where you see a flash of some weird half-faded object. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the amount of cross-fading here is insane. And then they mix it with the blur and Mm -hmm. everything. And now the tilting. Mm -hmm. So how much of this is actually prod, right? I mean, I'm sure these are all marketing (laughs) videos that they pre-rendered. Yeah. How much of this will actually be in prod? I know that they can do it. Like, iOS can totally do that. Are they doing it? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll do it. 
what else should we say about the dynamic island? Like, uh, I got plenty. <laughs> oh, oh, we have more stuff. Yeah, I got, I got, I got lots of notes here. Um, keep going, keep going. Okay, uh, here's a interesting thing I noticed on the iPhone website. There is a, a lock screen callout, but it still has the dynamic island with the lock to the left side. Right. But because the lock screen is in its always on darkened, dimmed version, the background is black. So how do you see the island when it's against black? Well, they put a subtle white stroke, super low opacity white stroke around the, the island, like accentuating it in dark rather than letting it bleed in. I thought that was kind of an interesting choice uh, and probably really useful for the expanded versions. But although as soon as you start to interact with this, it would leave its always on darkened mode and go to normal. I don't know. The, speaking of lock screen, this in combination with those live activity card things at the bottom, like your lock screen is going to feel really alive just sitting on the table. I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Like I don't, I don't know if it's going to encourage me to turn my phone face down when I, when it's just sitting there, if that stuff will get distracting or not. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to have to turn my phone face down. I think the always on watch display makes a lot of sense, right? Because like there's just times where you, you can't twist your wrist in the right way to get it to light up. But you're like, I don't know if you're holding a plank or something that was always a pain in the ass while you're working out. And so they made the always on display, which I don't have, by the way, but I can imagine why that would be particularly useful for the phone. Yeah, I just don't. I like I have my phone face down right now because if it lights up from a notification, it's just so distracting. Uh Right. Well, maybe that's part of it is like because it will always be a little bit on the contrast of a notification popping up will be less distracting compared to going from a fully black screen to a fully on screen showing that notification. You know, maybe that it'll be subtler by contrast. Yeah. Hmm. It's just so interesting. It's just so interesting. I don't know. That's one of those things like I can't wait to get it in hand and play with it. You know, I, I feel like the Twitter discourse around this has been really interesting. Like everyone lost their minds. And I think Dynamic Islands seems like it's scratching a few itches that are particularly fun to scratch for designers. Mm-hmm. So one is it's clever. Yeah. Like that, that was my response to you because uh, you hadn't seen it yet. So I, my text to you was, dude, so fucking clever or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's clever. And it's clever in a way where, you know, you kind of be like, damn, that would be fun to design. Like, I wish I'd thought of that. Or why ha- why didn't everybody else do this? Like, why wouldn't everybody else you like treat the pill like part of the experience, you know, on, on previous pilled phones from other competitors? So in that way, it, it felt clever. The second itch that it scratched is, I don't know what it is, just about bouncy shit. Maybe this is like this deep <laughs> primal thing, but like, it's fun seeing the little icons bounce around and seeing the thing get bigger and smaller and expand sideways and kind of splash and blur the background. It's very watery and it's fun and pretty to look at. But then the third thing is that it actually does solve a problem, right? Like there are problems in the experience today of using a phone where you're losing context in such a way that you have to app switch between apps to work on two things at the same time or have some running background thread you know, like even even phone call stuff, right? Like it'll give you a little green ear in the top left corner of your status bar in the notched phone. But this is already better, right? Like you get the waveforms, you get the time. Um, it's a it's a larger tap target. It doesn't take over the time uh, of the actual phone. 
like it solves all of these problems. Like the ones I'm most excited about are, are probably the maps. I think the music player and maybe timer, like those all seem particularly useful as things that you would multitask, right? So in combination, like put those three things together and people are going to lose their minds. It's clever. It's really fun to look at and seems like it'd be fun to design. And it actually solves a, a, a problem that exists today when using phones. So people went nuts. But then there's always the people who go nuts against the people going nuts. They're like, how dare you lose your mind and be excited about something new? This is not worthy of excitement. This is going to hurt people's thumbs. Shouldn't UI be at the bottom of the screen? And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's mostly display, right? This is not this is something that would have been far away before. Now it's it's visible as a display. You can interact with it, or you can just do what you've always done, and it'll be the same thing. Like this is just baseline better. Yeah, it's incrementally better, and they still try and adhere to some of these principles, right? Like if there are controls in the dynamic island, they're always at the bottom. They do some small stuff there, but I think it's true. Like I don't know, we've. I've maybe been hypocritical. Like we talked, I think for a long time, maybe in iOS like 14 or something. That was when they kind of started introducing all these like bottom aligned pieces of UI, like the AirPods dialogue and Apple Pay became that kind of sheet. Like we were really moving that direction. We talked a lot about sort of one handed reachability and reachability kind of became this design principle. I think people see dynamic islands, they're like, but it's not reachable. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's supposed to be. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's display. It's supposed to be about like retaining context of a long-running background thread where previously you'd have to app switch, which, you know, depending on the location of your app, you'd have to reach up to the status bar anyways, either to swipe down control center or to tap one of the status bar ears to sort of get to a thing like a phone call or a, like a running background maps direction. Stop a recording. So, yeah. Dude, and so you'd have to do it anyways. You would have to do it anyways. Brian. I have the perfect comparison. This is this is what this is, really. It's a menu bar item. This like the status bar is the menu bar from Mac just on iPhone, right? On Mac OS, the little background utilities that you run, where do those icons go? Up there next to the time. Mm -hmm. So this is, is just extending that existing pattern of like, yeah, all of your active little background utilities, they go up there, they live next to the time and the, and the status bar. They're tucked away. If you want to get at them, you can. They're just a click away. They're a little bit further reached than the stuff that's in the middle of the screen, but it's always there one tap away, right? What do you think then, is there anything to be said here about like what, if any, cross-platform story there should be? It's a really interesting design pattern and component to introduce into the ecosystem. But again, it only makes in the context of we're obscuring this pill cutout and Barring that, like, would this kind of interaction design make sense on the iPad? If so, where would you put it? Does it go in a corner, top center, close to the camera? But then it depends on which edge it's on and what your orientation is. And then obviously the Mac would be crazy. But hey, we have notches in Macs, uh, MacBooks <laughs> now. And oh, shit. Are we going to get a dynamic island years ago, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, wh I, why not? Why the fuck why not? not? Why wouldn't you just... Do it, and it's going to be crazy, and people are going to freak out. But like, why not? I mean, why not? It, it, for the same purpose, for the same reasons. Yeah, yeah. I'm on board. Man. I don't know. I'm I'm Team Dynamic Island. I'm in. Okay. Well, maybe we can wrap up by answering the simple question: Which, if any, new phone will you be getting? I will be waking up at 5 a.m. tomorrow to finalize my order for an iPhone 14 Pro Space Black. Nice. Okay. I'll be doing a. The exact same thing. We will mm -hmm. be unable to distinguish our phones when together. 
No, well, uh, our our beautifully customized, personalized lock screens will be able to tell them apart. You know, <laughs> fair, fair. Cool chat. I, I knew that there would be plenty of material here for a dynamic island conversation. Well, we'll have some good follow up pup in the next episode because by this time next week we should both have new phones. Yeah, uh, UPS willing. Yeah, the UPS gods willing. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. We have some jobs. Once again, do, 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 do. Do, 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 do on our job board, Figma is looking for designers to help shape the future of FigJam. They have a few open roles right now, and they're focused on everything from the core product and meeting experiences to onboarding user education and templates. Go work at Figma. Go make some cool design tools for all of us so we can talk about them. It'll be so fun. Or work at Patreon. To build the future of the creative economy, Patreon is looking for product designers at all levels to solve the needs of creators and members on their platform. The roles are based in both San Francisco and New York. That's Patreon. Or go work at Notion. Notion is building beautiful software to solve everyone's needs. They have infinite challenges that can only be solved by someone with an innate product sense, technical aptitude, great taste, and impeccable craft. Or you can work at Raycast. Raycast makes it simple, fast, and delightful to control your tools, and they are looking for an experienced individual to join the small team to redesign and improve core app functionality, tools to enable developers to create new extensions and rethink components across the platform. That's Raycast, Notion, Patreon, and FigJam. Thanks for being on the chat board today. And there's more on the website, right, Brian? More on the website. Links in the show notes as well. Do, Thank do, do, you do. All. all right. Cool things time. Cool things. All right. I'll go first. Brian, I got a couple pieces of follow-up real quick. So first off, going back a couple episodes, I told people about all the dolls, all the Wordle, Hurdle, all all those uh, fun little daily puzzle things. I have a new one. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Real quick. It's called Actoral. You have to guess the actor. They show you all of their movies, the genres for each movie, and X out all of the titles, but show you the number of characters in each word. That's another daily puzzle if you're interested. Actoral, A-C-T-O-R-L-E dot com, I believe. Anyways, that's one thing. The other thing, follow up, is here, let me turn my camera on for you, Brian. Okay. Do you see this? Oh, you got fingernails, dude. I have fingernails, Brian. It's only been a couple (laughs) weeks. People who didn't listen to the last couple episodes are going to be very confused. (laughs) Yeah, my, my last cool thing was a bitter liquid that you brush onto your fingernails to keep you from biting them. And lo and behold, Brian, it fucking works. It tastes disgusting. It works. And I have fingernails now. So if you were doubting when you heard me last time, and you're like, ah, it probably doesn't work. Holy shit. 30 some odd years of biting my fingernails and I've overcome it with some bitter liquid. All right. Cool thing. So I recently rented, and oh, this is one of my favorite things, Brian, movies that are still in theaters, but you can rent them and watch them at home. Here's why I like it. One, I don't have to put on clothes and leave the house. Two, for the price of admission of like basically one person, you can have a bunch of people watch that movie, right? So I rented Nope over the weekend and it's a great movie, but it was like 20 bucks, which seems steep for a rental. But when you think about it's in theaters right now, if I bought a ticket for myself and my partner and my my parents were in town for my birthday, so both of them, that's like, I don't know. 50, 60 bucks right there, plus popcorn, drinks, snacks, all that stuff, and Uber uh, to and from. That's an expensive outing, or just 20 bucks once. So anyways, renting from home, big fan. But we rented Nope, and it was really good. I don't want to talk about it too much. That's mostly why I've been talking about the tangential things around it, but 
It's a great movie. Don't want to say too much about it, but if you like Jordan Peele, this one's slower than his other films, but still very satisfying and a spectacular ending. Uh, I would highly recommend it. Nope. Nope. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> My cool thing this week is a it's a website slash app and it's called TL Draw. Have you heard of this? Well, I was I saw you wrote it down and I was trying to figure out if it was TLD Raw or TL Draw. But I, I noticed the TLDR pun there. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's a couple of fun things. So one, you can actually save a TL Draw file to your computer, and the file extension that they chose is TLDR, which uh, is nice. It's pretty good, pretty good. Uh, TL Draw is like, I don't know how you describe it. It's kind of like one of, there's several apps that are similar to this where you can like wireframe with rough shapes in an infinite canvas kind of experience, right? But the founder, uh, his name's Steve Ruiz, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He is one of the most prolific tweeters of work in progress I've ever seen. And I really enjoy following his Twitter account and recently actually using TL Draw. But I wanted to call it his Twitter account because it is really fun to look through how he's solving crazy problems with these wireframing tools. So for example, these wireframing tools, you know, you might use them to like draw diagrams or draw flows, like arrows between shapes, but then you're moving those shapes around and you want the arrows to kind of lock on to the thing. And so he's sharing all of these ideas for like how to get that to feel natural and fluid, right? Like imagine you have two arrows pointing at two different rectangles and you move the rectangles around, like how should the arrows move around and overlap? What should go over something, under something? So anyways, the, my cool thing this week is TL Draw the tool. It's fun, really nice to use. But then Steve Ruiz's Twitter account is just really fun to follow because he's constantly playing with these little interactions. You're like, damn, I would have never thought to account for that when building a tool like this. Just all of the crazy states of trying to link vector items together on an infant canvas and then move those things around and still have them stay linked. It's really fun to watch. Uh, Did you find some of the, the videos or GIFs? Yeah, this is like... Okay. Yeah, this is some impressive math stuff he's playing around with here. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some real math going on here. Wow, cool. Cool thing. Uh, want to get out of here? All right. Well, this has been episode 447 of the Design Details podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know. We're on Twitter, as always, at Design Details FM. If you want to hear more of the podcast, we're going to jump over to the sidebar. Sidebar, sidebar. Is our extra content, bonus content for our Patreon supporters. We're going to be talking about the rest of the Apple event. So head over to patreon.com slash design details and support us for just a buck a month. Just a buck a month. Get access to that sweet bonus content. All right, we're out. Catch you next time. Bye. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I skipped the 13, so I've had the 12 for a couple of years, and it's great. I have no problems with it, but it's just one of those things. Where it's like ah, fuck it, two years, two years, and there's actually like an interesting enough hardware change in the new phone, yeah, uh, that makes us feel like a good incremental upgrade instead of like the 12 to 13 was not. <laughs> there was like I can't remember a single change. Yeah, that, my reason for doing it was because I went from a mini to a regular pro.
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a size update for me. But yeah, I can't, I can't think of a whole lot of hardware differences. I mean, I feel like watches every four, phones every two. Yeah, that's that's not terrible. Yeah. Here, here you go. Computer every six, watch every four, phone every two. Okay. 